Welcome to the Australian Hiker Podcast, Australia's longest-running hiking podcast, downloaded over half a million times in over 145 countries and providing you with an Australian perspective on all things hiking. We're your hosts, Tim and Jill Savage. In today's episode, episode 203, we catch up with Joe Bonington from Joe's Base Camp in Sydney about getting back on trail after an extended period of inactivity where many of us have been housebound. Before we get into today's episode, if you'd like to help support Australian Hiker and this podcast, there are a couple of ways that you can help us out. Firstly, by subscribing on your podcast host of choice so that each episode is available as soon as it's published. And if you have the opportunity, leave us a five-star review. Another way to support us is go to the Australian Hiker website at www.australianhiker.com.au and click on the supporters page and buy us a coffee. You can do a one-off donation or become a monthly supporter. All donations are greatly appreciated and help us to continue producing this podcast and blog. Now let's get on to today's episode. Joe Bonington is the creator of Joe's Base Camp Gym, Sydney's premier adventure training facility, and over the last few years, he has transitioned his training delivery into an online model and now has clients across Australia, the Tasman, up through the Pacific and beyond with clients in Singapore, Hong Kong, and back to his place of origin in the UK. Joe developed his program to provide the inspiration, training, and support to help his clients achieve their bucket list goals, outdoor adventures, and wilderness sports and activities. Joe just doesn't talk training, he's highly experienced in the fields that he trains in, with his main goal in getting people out there and amongst it. To live large and to tear chunks out of life. We first caught up with Joe Bonington in episode 32 in July of 2017 to talk about what you need to do to prepare for your hikes and other outdoor adventures from a fitness perspective. And today we catch back up with him again to talk about getting back on trail after long periods of inactivity. At the end of this episode, as usual, Jill and I will catch back up for a chat and talk about Joe's philosophy and how we see it. We hope you enjoy. Joe, thank you for taking your time to talk with Australian Hiker. Oh, it's fantastic to be back here, Tim. Now, before we talk about today's topic, give us a bit of a reminder about what Joe's Base Camp is about. Joe's Base Camp? Well, Joe's Base Camp is more, um, it's kind of a, a philosophy. It, it's... It's about training ordinary people for uh, all of life's adventures with a, a real kind of um, uh, leaning towards um, outdoor wilderness and adventure sports um, and utilising the the growth that we can get through that using physical challenge and mental challenge and, uh, you know, to actually help us uh, as grow as people and have some fantastic adventures along the way. So how did you decide to train, I suppose, adventure seekers as opposed to just setting up a, a typical run-of-the-mill gym? I mean, uh, to be honest, I mean, I, I kind of fell into it. I mean, my background, my family background is firmly based in in adventure. You know, I was raised in the adventure community. My dad is uh, one of Britain's most, or was one of Britain's most prolific mountaineers, and so I grew up all around that. I, at the same time, I, as well as being exposed to that and enjoying the high and wild places, um, I've also always enjoyed uh, training. I've, I've been 
training uh, on and off since my teens with a, a brief uh, gap in the my 20s when I was in the music industry where uh, I wasn't really doing anything functional and useful. But then I, I retook up when I just rediscovered adventure. And, um, and so I've actually been uh, working in the in the, the physical exercise space for over 20 years now and combining that with um, adventure sports and wilderness sports and activities. Now, one of the things I like about your, your business is that uh, the level of experience uh, with your, your both yourself and trainers, uh, and certainly from my perspective, as you said, you, you, you've come from an adventure background, you do a lot of this stuff yourself. How important yeah. is that in, in, in being able to recognise what people want to do and being able to help them? Oh, it's, it's really important. It's absolutely imperative. I... Um... <sighs> You know, the, there's so much that you can't get from a textbook and there's so much to, to actually have an understanding of what uh, somebody goes through when they're in a mountain environment so that you can actually talk to them. You know, I, I, I look after people who are doing, you know, everything like including things like trail runs and stuff like that, which are, are short events that are over and done with within a day. Um mm. Uh, the majority of the time, some of the, the ones I do are multi-day events, etc. as well. But all my, my mountaineers, my trekkers, um, my polar explorers, we're talking over um, uh, people who are traveling and putting themselves under pressure for days, even weeks at a time. Um, there's very, very stimulus that they're, that they're coming across various stresses in those days and in those times. And it really is being able to, if you've got experience and if you've been there, not necessarily to the same level as that person, but you've got an understanding, you know the right questions to ask. And it's it's all, it really is about asking the right questions when you're actually working out a program for somebody. You're really trying to explore, well, you know, what are they going to come up against? What are uh, the physical um, abilities that they need, what are the technical abilities that they need, and what kind of mindset do they need to have, and what can we do from a physical standpoint to, to actually help and train all parts of those. You know, so, you know, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a mountaineering coach. You know, I'm, you know nobody's going to come to me to learn their their crevasse skills and um, and stuff like that. But, you know, if I can help get somebody that when they're really, really tired, there's been an accident, uh, they've been up for 22 hours, um, and they're still in uh, good physical and mental condition to be able to cope with that scenario, then we're on the right path. So it's, it's doing all of all, all of that, and that, and then also looking at the 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 other aspects as well. You know, so what are the nutritional um, impacts of what they're doing? How is that changing if they're going to altitude? Uh, how does that change how their body is going to respond to what they're doing? Uh, because you know what we do at sea level is very different to what we do at altitude. So we've got we've got all of those things to um to consider so yeah I, I do think it is it is very important to uh, to at least be 
outdoors focused and to have an understanding a natural understanding and a wanting to to learn and to understand the environments that these people are are putting themselves in and in in a way they're entrusting their lives to you as well with some of the more dangerous sports Okay, now let's get on to the main topic for today. So over the past two years, large parts of Australia have been impacted uh, by enforced lockdowns. And for many hikers, our ability to get out on trail or to go to the gym has been greatly impacted. What's been your experience about the impact this has had on people's general fitness? In general, it's it hasn't been good. The very, very committed have tried their hardest you know, I've got a, a couple of my um, ambassador athletes, Richard Stevenson and Gareth Andrews, who are uh, both polar explorers. They've been going hard. They're, they're very focused, very driven. But Gareth, for, for uh, a whole year, was in complete lockdown in Cardiff whilst I was coaching him. And, he, you know, he, he couldn't get outside of his house. Um, and, and his kind of trading involves dragging tires and and on a harness and stuff for uh, for hours and end uh, as well as going on on long runs as well as his strength training um and so uh even though the will was there it was very challenging and that is for somebody who's very different now people like gareth are uh, a small proportion of the kind of people i train i train but the vast majority of the people i train are ordinary people who are just really wanting to to do something special they're wanting to to get out into the bush they're wanting to experience nature etc now those guys some of them they've, they've really struggled they've they've really struggled with with motivation people who've had their trips cancelled they've you know so as well as being locked down or they haven't been able to access uh the bush because they're in a five kilometer radius and we have seen some people give up and it, in fact my whole social media presence during that time and the kind of posts i was putting out were really trying to address that more than anything else yes it was you know giving tips on on what you can do with what you've got but it was really trying to to hammer home look you know don't give up you know the world is uh, 20% of what uh, happens to us, eighty percent of uh, our attitude towards it. Yeah, yeah. I think it, it, it's it's. I must have been. I I found in this latest lockdown, it probably had a bigger impact on me. Um, partly yeah. because it was a more severe lockdown. Um, you know, we we in Canberra had a nine week lockdown period. The gyms weren't open, and while we could get out and walk for an hour a day, it was nothing compared to what I was used to doing. And even though I had yeah. a a small home gym. I just wasn't in the mental mindset of of wanting to do anything. It just sort of, you know, mentally it was probably yeah. just as much of a struggle as physically. I mean, that that's where people like me really come in um, because uh, you got to remember with, with, with your gym gym membership, you 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 go to the gym, you 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 kind of almost make an appointment with yourself to to go and do it. You're you're going out, and it, it's got a kind of ritual that's attached to it. Whereas wandering down to the the downstairs gym that's set up in your garage or whatever, it doesn't have any of that. You can always go, well, look, 
I'm just going to make this phone call and then I'll go to, then I'll go downstairs. I'm too, I'm just going to finish off this, whatever it is, and then I'll go downstairs. Um, and then before you know, it hasn't happened and other things are closer by, you know, we've, we've got our kitchen at home, which we don't have at work. So we've got more temptations. So people find that they're grazing more when they were, when they were in lockdown. So they're, they're moving less, not as motivated. They haven't got the, the um the disciplines and um uh, the rituals in place that they had uh before and and so everything kind of drifts to the side so with what um uh the people who had coaches or were the gyms that were offering online were actually getting a lot better or doing a lot better by their uh by their customers because you know, if you're on your own, you're on your own. But, you know, if you've got an online coach, then you've still got accountability to somebody. So that was, you know, that was one of the things that we uh, we saw. And the at that stage, my gym was, you know, it was closed, but we still had a membership base. And I found that the ones who were actually actively working with me online and wanted to engage online, some of them needed chased a bit. Um, but were actually getting uh, a lot higher hit rate on the percentage of workouts that they were completing than people who weren't. You know, I'd, I'd talk to the, I'd phone up uh, members of the gym who'd opted not to to train and, and see how they were going. So I'd be saying, okay, so, so what are you doing? Are you staying exercise? Oh, look, I'm just going to leave it for the moment. I'm going to restart when I uh you know when when everything opens up and the trouble is that just leaves you further and further behind i think that's the thing i think you know if you wake up in the morning and think oh yeah i'm just feeling i'll I'll have a sleep in and there's there's no consequence you're not breaking an appointment you're not you don't have someone waiting for you uh it's so much easier to do but when you when you do physically have to you've booked booked an appointment to go and see somebody whether it be online or whether it be in a physical gym um it's it's it you really are held to yeah. account yeah and this is this is the thing where where all the psychologists were saying things like try and keep your routine as similar as it was before they, they, that is so true you know we are we are creatures of habit and habit and um habit really and rituals really really work for us so all the way through uh through the lockdown i personally so i, I personally i get up at 4 a.m um, and all the way during the lockdown, even though I didn't have a, a 5.30 class to, to drive down to and a, a gym to open and organize, I still got up at exactly the same time. And I think that that holds you in good stead if you can keep to those to those rituals. I know that they've had uh, talking with my, my now deceased father-in-law, uh, Mick, who was a POW on the, the Chang'e, uh, Changi Railway. And um, he used to say that the all of their guys, because they they kept up all of their traditions. Um, so all the Aussie soldiers uh, who he was with, they still kept everything up. You know, they, they shaved when they could. They they paraded. They did all of this kind of stuff that just kind of kept everything going the same as it was before, even though they're in these horrendous conditions. And he said some of the other nationalities who didn't have that discipline were the ones who just basically gave up and died. Yeah, yeah, no, I can I can understand that. As you say, we are we are creatures of habit, and 
you know, it's easy to just maintain a habit, but once you lose it, you've got to get back into that routine again. Yeah, totally, totally. Okay, now, uh, now that the states and territories are enlarged, opening up again, what should people be doing after extended periods of lockdown to get themselves fit and get back out on trail, particularly if they're looking at doing longer hikes? Okay, well, there's, there's, a, there's a couple of things going on here as well because we've been in these home environments. But look, we, in the 21st century, isn't conducive to uh, monocyclical movement, i.e. Uh, us walking. You know, it doesn't lend itself, which is why so many of us get hurt, get niggles, get aches and pains because we're hunched over desks, we're in front of computer screens, um, we're sitting in a position where our hamstrings and our hip flexors are really tight, we're slouched over, our tummy's relaxed, so our core is weak, um, and all of this. Now, so that was before lockdown. So now... Uh, with lockdown, where we're now not in office chairs, we've been sitting at dining room chairs and dining uh, dining tables and coffee tables and all this kind of stuff. Um, it's it's worse. I'd say that chiropractors, osteopaths, and physiotherapists are making an absolute fortune at the moment with the um, with all the uh, issues that have been happening because of uh, the lockdown. And so when we do get back out onto trail, and if we're, we're looking at doing, especially for people who are looking at doing through hikes, it really is a case of um, slowly, slowly. Um, I think the, the, things that, the things that I really want people to focus on, which unfortunately are the things that people, uh, people get really funny about, people... People really think it's about getting the kilometers under their belt or, or doing the, the strength training, etc., because it all of a sudden makes them feel like they've done something. But the mobility work, unfortunately, it takes a long time uh, to make yourself more mobile. There's a, um, a gymnastics coach, American gymnastics coach called Coach Sumner, and I think he says that it's a minimum of eight months or six six to eight months to get decent movement uh, changes in connective tissue. So we need to start that now. You know, we need to start it six months ago, but the next best time is now. Yeah. Um, and um, so starting in a uh, flexibility routine um, is really, really important. We where we are different because of the things that we do so and this is where i get i struggle with some people just going in and doing just doing yoga straight yoga um and especially the softer styles of yoga because um we need to build um flexibility with stability um because you know when we are moving over land we've got to have this really strong core our hips have got to be stable otherwise we're going to end up with either back and hip problems or with knee problems so um so we do um we do these techniques that we call end range strength um where we look at putting ourselves into end ranges but loading those end ranges as well and this is really really good because it gives us the mobility and the extra mobility that we need but it also means 
you know, those times when you're, you're tired at the end of the day, you're coming back, you're losing elevation, um, you're c- coming down to a, 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 a riverside campsite, you know, and you're coming down a, a valley and uh, and it's dark and, uh, and you stumble. Um, now, we might not necessarily be able to stop somebody rolling their rolling their ankle but if you know if a limb goes out to to one angle very very suddenly and it's strong it's a lot less likely to end up tearing and to end up straining um than it is um uh if you are just flexible and if you're long and weak we want to be long and strong so that's one of the things that we do. So it's starting with some end range strength work. Um, and I'd probably do one or two of those sessions uh, a week. Um, and then also working uh, on the key areas for, for hikers. So that really is working, strengthening the legs, the knees uh, and the hips. So making sure that we've got uh, decent strength and strength endurance in those muscles, and then building up the um, uh, building up our training volume from then. You know, just starting with one midday walk and one weekend walk, and then building it up from there. Not going too crazy too fast. I must admit, I mean, I think um, I'm, I'm probably guilty of what you've just described. I've always gone to the gym. I've always done strength, more so than cardio, but it's always been strength. I've done cardio. Uh, and I, I do realize that I'm supposed to be doing um, a flexibility and mobility work, but it's sort of, for some yeah. reason, it's just mentally, it's just not there. It's like, okay, I'll just get, just lift weights and do that sort of stuff. Uh, oh, and eight, eight, eighty percent of the time, eighty percent of the people I talk to, they they kind of grunt at me and and go, oh, okay, you know, it's uh, you're 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 not alone by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, and I must admit, I um, I've had I've had some physical issues over the last sort of six weeks, and it's been because I've probably for the most time in my adult life, I've probably been the unfittest I've ever been. I've just just been yeah. doing very little. You know, I was so used to walking to work and I'd typically walk 10 or 12 kilometres a day where when I was working from home, uh, I was probably lucky to be doing three or four and that was just around the house. So, yeah, yeah it's uh, – uh, yeah, unfortunately, I paid the price and it made me realise that, okay, yeah, I need to be serious about what I'm doing here. Well, let's do a little case study. What, do you mind me asking what, what, what issues you've got going on? My problem is I've got a series of issues that pretty much run down the, the right side of the body. So I've got a, a crushed uh, disc in my lower back. Yep. I've got um, a, a hip flexor issues. I've got, a, I, I can't remember what it was, but a number of years ago, I either snapped a tendon or a muscle and just ignored it. So it's obviously yep. reattached itself somewhere, but you can see a physical difference between my right calf and my, and my left calf. Um, yep. But as a result, it's all along that right-hand side. So when I have hip issues in particular, and I have had knee issues a couple of years ago, and I, again, just doing the phys- the, the trainings resolved those. But, uh, yeah. yeah, it's just that, that combination of, of, inju- of collected injuries over the years that uh, uh, that if I don't keep myself fit, I mean, particularly my back, if I if I yeah. keep tra- fit, my back's fine. If I don't keep fit, my back pays for it. And that, look, totally. And that, that's, you know, as, as we often find, it, it's just 
consistent movement, any movement, is better than um, sporadic movement. You know, you could you could have the best program in the world, but if you only do it sp- uh, sporadically, that uh, is not good, not as good as doing an average program consistently yeah i must admit i found i've uh, because I've, I've i'm now back at, at my workplace and i've been walking to work and that's made a yeah. huge difference to what it was you know the previous sort of six to eight weeks prior to that yeah i mean with with you with the things like that it, it's it's actually you know without actually having to take take you through a full assessment but it's it's looking at at that right side you know okay um, stuff always refers up or refers down the body. So if we have an issue at the ankle or the calf, um, then that will tend to end up uh, giving us uh, problems, say, at the knee, etc. So working on both uh, ankle mobility and strength as well, and that's through both um, dorsiflexion and plantiflexion. So that's that's both pulling your toes towards you and pushing away. So doing calf raises and what we call tibialis anterior raises um, as well. Um, and then with that stability, that cross vertebrae, um, yeah, so that is integrated core work. I see so too many people just doing lots and lots of planks and they're shaking and they're sweating and the sweat's dripping off the end of their nose and their, their whole bodies are shaking as they're, desperate to hold this plank for another 30 seconds but the the trouble is with the the plank i mean look it's a, it's a great exercise as part of a of a global thing but we when we're walking you know when we walk as our right foot goes forward our left hand goes forward and so that's basically our right hip and our right shoulder moving our bodies rotating and our core is trying to hold a stable and hold the hip stable and connect um the movement between that you know the the right hip and the left shoulder or the left hip and the right shoulder so we want our core exercises to reflect that we want to be doing things like bear crawls dead bugs bird dogs um all these movements where we've got um uh limbs moving at, at different times and they're, they're graded so you might start off just moving one leg um and then you might be moving one leg and one arm and then it'll be one opposite leg and opposite arm etc so doing those kind of core based exercises and then also making sure that we're doing exercises that are strengthening the posterior chain as well so working up as our whole core and working the back of our core and our, our erector spinae and the QLs and multifidus, which are all those muscles which go up the, the back as well. Yeah, it's it it really is a it's it, it is I suppose as you say it's a it's a holistic sort of thing. It's sort of uh, it's a matter of doing it regularly and. Uh, and, and and making sure you are targeting the right sort of muscles and and getting things happening. Yeah, totally, totally. It's you know it's it's getting getting that going and, and doing things in doing things in order is is really really important and that's why if we can work on those foundational things first. So, so what we tend to do is we tend to take people more single limb at the start and um, what we called structural balance we, we're trying to gain balance and integrity uh between both sides of the body meanwhile whilst we're getting you going out getting your hiking getting you walking again etc as well and then 
once we've done that base, we then start looking at global strength. So that is more where we're looking at our overall relative strength. So that is the classic big bang for your buck exercises like squats and deadlifts and, and things like that. And then at the end, we then go to back to um, specializing um, and doing things which are very uh, more specific towards the actually event that we're uh, going to be doing or the activity that we're going to be doing once we build that global strength. So it, it tends to go from single limb to both limbs back to single limb. Yeah, um, that's that's how we structure structure ours anyway. And on on a point, you actually mentioned. I, I think you mentioned before that you sometimes you know you do you'll do a bit of cardio at the gym as, as well. I actually have strong views for, around that as as well. So you as a as a hiker, do you you've just got to be careful how much cardio you're doing and what kind of cardio you're doing. Uh, external from your your trekking as well, especially when we talked about through hiking. So, you know, with with the through hiker, we're talking about you know your your heart rate when you're when you're trekking for a long period of time is basically submaximal day after day after day after day with a couple of days rest here and there. But you know, if you're at altitude, you'll probably use those to do an acclimatization day. And even you know, if you're you're doing um, uh, an Aussie-based overland trip, you know, you might use that that rest day to actually go and do a bit of a side hike, uh, etc. Yeah. Because of that, we want people to become as efficient as possible um, in those ranges, in those heart ranges. Um, and what the trouble is, what we see people doing is spending way too much time because they can. They they they'll maybe go running they'll they'll take up uh running and that there's nothing wrong with that and i i do a lot of running myself and i spend most of my training time except for my uh long hikes is actually done running when we're going on these kind of trips we're basically going submaximally day after day after day you know we might be walking you know anywhere between four and eight hours a day sometimes more um and but we're not spending much time with our heart rate really really high and um, there's going to be little bits where it creeps up there you know when we're, we're kind of uh if we've got a bit of a scramble to do etc or or if we're mountaineering and we've we've actually got to start doing uh, a couple of pitches of of um uh, of mixed climbing or something um and then we're we want to be as efficient as efficient as we can at those submaximal uh, levels, and we want the body to be as efficient as it can at those submaximal le- uh, levels, um, so that we we've trained the body to utilise them a right amount of energy, um, or the right types of energy sources, the right energy pathways, so that we can actually keep on going longer for stronger for um, for more. So. Um, and you know, don't get me wrong. I mean, I I spend a lot of time running. You know, I'll do my big hikes at the weekends, and but during the week, I'm spend most most of my time running. But it, it's running at the right levels um, and making sure that we're not spending too much time um, at uh, 
in what we call glycolytic using the glycolytic energy system which is an unsustainable um, energy system that needs constant refueling um, and also um, has lots of uh, side products in the forms of lactic acid um, and that we want to be making sure that we are uh, in a more lipolytic state so we're just burning getting really really efficient at the oxidative state a truly aerobic state that we can just keep on going on and on and on forever uh, because we're just burning a combination of uh, of oxygen and fat so so there's ways to to do that and so we have to make sure in our training if we are going down to the gym the gym should really be for our strength training and just do other strength training is a very very important part of what we do but the gym should just be for for that and we can save the other 20 percent um of uh more high intensity work because we do want to do some of that work it helps just lift the lift the level uh a little bit it helps us cope with lactic acid and things like that better and it, it just uh helps us be able to lift those glycogen stores the level of that where those glycogen uh, stores are so we only want to be doing um a bit of that now that would be better to be done actually outside on a on a hill etc but if not it is the kind of thing that you could do inside on a an exercise bike or or on a, a treadmill i'm not a big fan of treadmills um but it's as long as it's just that 20 percent that you're getting your, your sweat on with okay that's good now one thing that i've noticed over the last couple of years is the the rise in online training options on offer uh, and i believe that's yeah. the model you now use how did you come to transition to online training and what do you see as the pros and cons of this type of training as opposed okay. to the face-to-face stuff? How did I transition to online training? We'd, we'd actually started an online model a couple of years ago, um, just actually just before kind of COVID or just as COVID was kind of kicking off. And I'd always known, you know, Basically, for, for your listeners who, who don't know where we are, I'm based on the northern beaches of, of Sydney, you know, which isn't exactly, you know, it's not Jackson Hole in Wyoming or Chamonix in France or Queenstown in New Zealand. So we've had this adventure-based gym that, that's all about adventure travel and, and training for multi-day trail runs and, and hikes and mountaineering, etc. based on the northern beaches of Sydney. And so my dream was, was to build a, a mecca for outdoor and, and, and wilderness training um but really the opportunity for me uh is online you know we, we already had um people contacting us from singapore from hong kong from the uk where i'm originally from um and then a lot of people who heard about where we were um australians and sydney siders but just couldn't get to the the gym um so we started building our online presence then and then really covid forced our hands you know that covid has been awful for the fitness industry it really has been really really tough you know we were obviously some of the first businesses to get shut down and uh with the break in the middle with consumer confidence uh completely shot people weren't rejoining etc but then when you take into account as well, most of these ordinary gyms are, are mainly lifestyle members and, and people looking for 
for weight loss and things like that. But mine, you know, I, I'm all my my members are, are were training for events and training for adventures. And so even when things opened back up again in the middle, the borders were still closed and all the events were still cancelled. So so my hand was forced and we with a very heavy heart eventually had to say no look we we can't sustain this so we we actually had to close the the gym permanently which was sad but at the same time it was you know i'm a, a firm believer that the world is a benevolent world um and that things all things happen for uh, a reason and that there are lessons in, in all things and a friend had, had once told me a friend a mentor um howard had once said that it's very hard for a jockey to ride the same uh two horses in the same race and we'd been finding that our online model hadn't been getting uh the attention it deserved because i was at that time still always being dragged back into trying to pivot with the the main gym and the actual gym you know which costs a lot of money to run and so i was getting dragged into that and then i also wasn't giving that as much attention as i needed to because i was really trying to build this online and and so it's a case of doing two things uh, not quite as well as i as i should and so that's when we decided well no i think with the way that the world is now and and also with what we're offering that in actual fact the gym needs to close and and it did and um and it's now uh you know we're we're in a lot better uh position and i'm focused i'm very very excited by the the things that we're going to be offering and the people that we're working with etc so um we've been having chats with uh, the Australian Himalayan Foundation, with whom I'm a, a member, and with the North Face, who I've got a very strong relationship with, about uh, building something that we can. It doesn't just cover the the training. You know, we're we're helping people in all aspects of their adventure journey, whether it's from from planning to fundraising to uh, to the training aspects itself to um, uh, to mindset. Um, you know, we've got, uh, I've been working with uh, a good few solo hikers as well. And one of the big things that comes up for them is, is mindset as well. So, and also the same there with uh, uh, some of my mountaineers. So we've been uh, looking at all of that and, and looking at people that we can partner with for, for that. You asked me, you said, so what are the, pro- the pros and cons of, of it? Well, it depends. It depends if you mean from the consumer end or from the from the business owner's end. Um, you know, from the business owner's end, there's, uh, I mean, the overhead, the, the overheads of running a gym and running that bricks and mortar model uh, are just horrendous. I mean, I won't go into them here, but uh, I'm sure anybody out there who who uh, you know, we we had a very very large space, a, a commercial lease. And we had 10 staff um, and it was this kind of gargantuan thing that that needs to be fed constantly. Whereas with the online model, from our perspective, um, is a lot more fluid. The overheads are a, a lot lower. Um, and because of that, the margins are better. And those margins 
allow me to then put back in into developing even better and better products um, and uh, a better delivery for you guys, for the for the consumer. Um, from the consumer's end, from the, the trekker and the, the mountaineer's end, the advantages and disadvantages, look, I'll, I'll be, you know, absolutely very honest. Online training isn't for everybody. Um, some people, uh, we, we offered a group strength and conditioning class at our gym. Um, and some of those people, it was as much about that aspect, about going down and, and having a crack with some people that they knew as it was about the training itself. Admittedly, that did tend to be, even though we were a very adventure-focused gym, we did have a certain amount of lifestyle members. And that tended to be, uh, for those people, really, really were after that. Most of the more adventure-focused, they, they're there for a purpose. And so if you take that purpose online and they now just go and get themselves a uh, cheap uh, gym membership at, at any old gym what they're paying for with me is is not the gym membership they're paying for the expertise and the knowledge of of what i do and still having access to, to that and, and also to to a certain extent to my networks as well if they don't mind not having that more social aspect and having a chat in the class and going for a coffee afterwards with a bunch of other people in the class then it's fine. And then also we, we, we kind of counteract that because we, we have group calls. So we have, you know, I have all my people uh, jumping on a call um, every Tuesday night. And, you know, we've got all kinds of people in there from young um, female solo hikers to grizzled old uh, ex-Royal Marine officers who are, who are doing bikepacking adventures to uh, to uh, my uh, polar explorers, uh, Gareth and, and the like. Um, you know, so we, we've got all this this great diversity of, of people getting on and, and, and actually getting inspired by what they're hearing from other people doing as well. Yeah, I think I think that's the thing. As you say, it, 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 I suppose we're so used to physically driving or walking depending on where we live somewhere and and turning up at a location but i think as we discussed earlier on it's it's the commitment you know even if you're doing online you know that somebody is waiting on the other end of the line at whatever time of the day it happens to be and yeah. if you're not there they will notice that you're missing uh, there's, yeah. there's no way, there's it. nowhere to hide <laughs> that's it i mean that's it i mean with our with with the model that i run they basically they've got freedom so they do have the the freedom that the accountability comes in me chasing them because they they have the freedom to train when they want i i write the program but i give them videos for, for everything i want them to do um and then they go away and do it and they're allocated to do certain things on certain days but if they haven't done it i can actually see that they haven't done it so i fire them through a message um, you know, contact them by by uh, SMS and through through the app that I utilise, and then also they've got they've got to face up every uh, every Tuesday as well with the rest of the the group um, as well. So we've got the, the the double whammy of accountability accountability there as well. So it it it, it really works. I'm I'm really really enjoying it. It's um it's funny. I, I at the gym I'd uh I'd become a uh, a manager and business owner and so i was essentially off the tools a lot um i was overviewing people's programming and 
and kind of looking at a very global level at, at people's annual training plans, etc. Um, whereas now, you know, it's I'm back to being a, a solopreneur, and it's it, it's it's just me and and the the thing that I I love doing. I I do love coaching people, and I do love the the communication side and seeing what's happening in people's worlds and and what are the challenges that they're facing and everybody's got challenges and then seeing how we can manage those and what we can do to to, to get around them and and each nuances etc so it's great uh now so from your perspective what's your next big outdoor adventure that you have coming up well yeah we've been thinking about this uh this a lot i mean i I'll be honest. I since COVID happened, and because the uh, the business shutting down, I never knew how uh, how complex and also how expensive shutting down a, a business um, is. But then, so I, I've actually only got out of Sydney for the first time last weekend when we went and visited mates in in Wollongong. But um, so I've been doing all of my trails all around the the northern beaches for the for the last year. So I'm going to go off, start off with uh, a couple of solo overnighters um, and bits just um, uh, up in Karingai and, and places like that. Then after that, my my big adventures that I've, I've got my eyes on to, my, my next big overseas trip is I'm, I'm really desperate to go to an area of Nepal called the Upper Dolpo. I've got a friend of mine, Bill, who's usually my expedition doctor on my, my trips, has always been chasing me to, to get up there. Um, so I'm going to go and explore there. Um, I'm going to do that by myself. I'm not going to take any clients. So I, I like to go and check things out a bit first myself um, and just wander around at my own pace and meet people and make relationships and and have fun. Um, so I'm going to I think I'm going to go and do that. I still have in the the back of my mind my the, the really really big trip that I would love to do apart from uh, doing something like the Himalayan Traverse uh, is actually an Aussie trip and that that is I want to take a camel uh, you know me me walking and you know and pack a uh, a camel and uh, walk across the top end. Okay, so we've been talking with Joe Bonington from Joe's Base Camp about getting back on trail after long periods of inactivity. Joe, thank you for your time. Oh, thank you. That was really, really great to talk to you again, mate. So that was the second time we'd caught up with Joe Bonington. We'd previously caught up with him with episode 32. And I must admit, I it, it even though that was probably around about three and a half years ago. It's a fact, little while ago. In, in fact, it was four years ago since we last caught up with Joe. He, he never ceases to uh, um, amaze me, just the passion he has for training. Yeah, his enthusiasm hasn't waned in any way and, you know, clearly it's been um, a, a difficult um, at least 18 months, if not close to two years. But, yeah, he's... he's Passion is definitely uh, there and probably renewed, I think. There's a bit of a sense of, you know, optimism and, and enthusiasm about the future. The things that I took away from that interview, and, and as I said, we talked to Joe previously. I am very much into physical fitness, but I tend to be a, uh, a look after the things that I know and the, the things that I think do me good. But 
that's not necessarily the case. And I think probably the biggest takeaway from that that episode is knowing how to get the right balance in the training you do. Um, you know, the assumption always is, oh, let's go to the, the gym and lift heavy weights or let's do lots of hiking or let's do lots of cardio. And, you know, from Joe's perspective, it's getting the balance right, um, getting the mobility right. And for me, mobility is probably the uh, my, weak, my weakest area. <laughs> weak, weak uh, that's possibly non-existent, not weak. So, yeah, I mean, I, say, I, I've, I've, I in my own training, have sort of so focused on physical strength uh, and endurance, but I've, I've, I knowingly tend to ignore that mobility side of it. It's something that I don't necessarily enjoy doing, so as a result, I don't. Uh, but it, you know, I also then pay the price for not having done it either. Yeah, look, I did. Um, I did like the focus on uh, strength and core, um, and you, you know, when you were talking about some of the issues that you have. Um, not just the sort of uh, short-term immediate things that flare up, but the kind of whole body uh, description you you could, you know, and then Joe talked about it afterwards, you could tell he was really thinking through, you know, now what, what would help Tim in this, this occasion and um, how do you overcome some of the things that, you know, you've had all sorts of, injuries over the last couple of years that have hampered your hiking. So um, I, I did like that. It was not just about, you know, how do you get fit? How do you how do you get that perfect shape? And uh, how do you, you attain the weight? And, and in fact, that conversation was nothing about that. I think the thing as well is, and for me, as I mentioned during the episode, this last lockdown and for those of us in Canberra, it really was fairly minor compared to... Yeah, we've got nothing to complain about. We're still complaining. <laughs> yeah. yeah, compared to New South Wales and Victoria. Oh, Victoria. And much longer periods. Yeah. But I think compared to last year, I struggled to do a lot of exercise. I mean, the gyms were closed both times, but previously we were able to get out bush as long as we socially distanced. And yeah, so I could spend a lot of time walking and hiking, whereas this time... We were limited to uh, time, a certain amount of time per day. Um, I do have distance a distance from home. Distance from home. Uh, I do have. Uh, uh, we well, we do have a home gym, but uh, you know, during the middle of winter, the, the garage isn't heated, so it was really a struggle to try and. You're looking anything. for excuses yeah, now, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> looking for excuses to get out, and and I think that's the thing. Uh, I think you know, people do look for excuses, and I'm no different here. Uh, and I think one of the things about going to a trainer, uh, however often you do it, is having someone hold you to account. And if you don't turn up, if you don't, you know, if you're, if you're using an app or having to keep record and all of a sudden Joe uh, notices that you're not doing what you're supposed to be, he'll get in contact and, and you know, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I need to do this. It's, it's, it's a hard place to hide. Uh, and I think having a trainer, um, you know, it's not necessarily going to be for everyone. And as Joe mentioned, distance training or online training isn't for everyone. Yeah, the thing for me though is, I mean, I, I know he talked about the accountability, um, but for me, when you've got a personal trainer, and I don't have one at the moment, but when when I did, um, you know, if you have respect for who they are and what they know and what they're trying to do then you don't actually want to let them down 
anyway. So so for me, it's it's sort of a different thing. It's not about them keeping an eye on me. It's about me respecting, I guess, respecting them and, and the contribution that they're trying to make f- to me. The other key thing, and this is something I've always been aware of, Joe is very much focused on adventure training. He's not just a, a weight loss or a lifestyle coach uh, like a lot of the gyms and the, a lot of the personal trainers tend to be. His focus is on adventure training, hiking, mountaineering, um, polar exploring, um, uh uh, he's, he's got a female hiker who's actually based in Canberra who's doing a long-distance trail. So, yeah, he has been into that sort of lifestyle. Uh, he's got the experience and knowledge firsthand to be able to transfer that back to his clients. And that's one of the biggest things. I think yeah, you can you can use a lot of theory to develop training programs, but having the first-hand knowledge makes a big difference. Yeah, and I think, you know, he was talking about that that mental endurance and mental agility as well um, about, you know, he used the example of, uh, you know, you've had you've had a long day. Uh, you've uh, something's gone wrong. Uh, you need to respond, um, and you know you need to draw on your your whole self uh, to be able to do that, not just your physical self. So, yeah, he does get that, and I think that's um, you know it's it's that whole person, whole body kind of um, development that you, you that you get with him. So, Tim, (laughs) are you going to go and be trained by Joe? I hadn't actually thought about this before the episode, but I hadn't realised that I was struggling. And and again, it's from my perspective, it's not because I'm not strong enough or don't have the time. I just need someone to push me along a bit. And I think, as I said, Joe is very passionate about this. So it is certainly my intention. I've I've had a very brief contact with Joe on this that I do want to start training with Joe and my intent is to start the training process at the beginning of uh, of next year. Um, so why are you waiting? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. We're going to – well, hopefully if we get into Desi, we'll be able to go hiking over Christmas and you might need to be a bit fitter for that. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, it's more, it's more of – I'm, I'm one of these sort of people I tend to be – I tend to be focused on doing things and, and for some reason the start of the year makes sense to me. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, this is sounding yeah. like an excuse now. <laughs> so, yeah, no, as I said, it's it's uh, it really, from my perspective, mobility is probably my real issue uh, and I think if I can get the mobility sorted out, uh, I think the other stuff will tend to flow from that. So uh, I think it's it's worth it from my perspective. Uh, I still want to be hiking in another 20 or 30 years and doing the big days and the big distances and uh, having a bit of help will certainly, I think, go away towards that. Okay, we hope you enjoyed this episode. And as I said, I got a lot out of this myself, even this is the second time that I've talked with Joe on similar sorts of topics. Uh, and I think it's uh, it's worthwhile if you're struggling after a long periods of being locked in your house uh, and getting back on trail, it's worthwhile considering uh, uh, getting help from someone like Joe to help you get out, back out bush again. That's all for me. Bye for now. And bye from me. Bye.